welcome back to another edition of the Spike Bar podcast. Uh, first up, uh, just a bit of housekeeping. Um, I've got a couple of uh, interviews going on over the next couple of weeks. Um, so hopefully those uh, the interview podcast will start dropping uh, probably next week. If I can get one out beforehand, I will, uh, I'll do so. But um, I know it's just been really the preview shows over the last uh, few weeks. But now uh, my travel... Uh, traveling with the day job is slowing down a little bit i've got some time to uh, schedule in some interviews so look for uh, a couple of interviews to drop over the next couple of weeks i'll let some more information come out on them on twitter once they're all confirmed um but going back to the meat and potatoes of the podcast which is just kind of the review and obviously previewing this week's uh, events on uh, pga european tours um so let's start off with last week uh, last week we had the Honda Classic, um, an interesting event. I think um, a lot of people were, I suppose, concerned um, in terms of how how good the appeal of the tournament would be, just given the, um, uh, I suppose, abbreviated version of the of the tour and the schedule that we've got this year with the PGA Championship moving forward and then the players um, itself moving forward a couple of months as well just means this part of the um, uh, uh, the schedule is ridiculously congested and that was kind of felt by the field which was relatively weak I mean still had uh, Brooks, Ricky and JT from a top 10 point of view but outside of that wasn't very deep uh, as fields go that being said I thought it produced a really interesting event um, and a totally eclectic uh, leaderboard. Uh, some of the names leading on Sunday afternoon, or certainly in contention to lead, are, are names you know, either golden oldies like VJ, um, VJ Singh, um, others who kind of been out of form and seem to be regaining a bit of form, like Lucas Glover um, and, and Ryan Palmer. And then obviously you've got stalwarts like Ricky and, and Brooks over recent years, obviously been at the top, very top of the game, and then. Some other youngsters trying to break through, Chase Wyndham, uh, KH Lee, and uh, and obviously our, our winner, Keith Mitchell. Uh, and props to Keith Mitchell. Um, I watched uh, mainly on Sunday evening. I watched a fair bit on Sunday evening, and he looked nails uh, the whole back nine. Um, uh, I think at, at one point, minus seven, uh, from uh, from Ryan Palmer in the clubhouse looked like it might be a tough ask because the wind was getting up and people seemed to be flailing uh, a little bit on the on the front nine ten holes. Um, but the, that back nine, uh, as soon as kind of the the score was posted by uh, by Brooks and then followed in by Fowler at, at eight under, I just felt it was one shot too short and and Mitchell just played nails uh, those last few holes. Um, you know, having driven into the bunker and into the lip of the bunker on 18, he just wedged out and then wedged up to 15 feet and just sunk that putt. Um, and it was a great putt, never missing the hole. And I think what was interesting, he hadn't hold a putt outside of 15 feet. I think all tournaments, somebody was saying it was his putting was woeful. I think he ended up, uh, in terms of those who made the cut, I think he was 67th out of 70 in strokes game putting so that shows his, his putting wasn't good but every, the rest of his game was really good uh, so congratulations to him it's his first win um, since he was a junior so he never won at college he never won on the web tours or the other tours he seems to be a bit feast or famine 
Um, on the PGA Tour, he's missed four out of nine cuts so far this season, but he has had a couple of other top 20s as well. So uh, great result for him. Um, he gets the Masters invite. He gets the Players invite uh, as well in a couple of weeks' time. So that's really going to, obviously, two-year exemption too, plus a great event to win, Jack Nicholas's event. So well done to him, and uh, hopefully that kickstarts uh, a successful career for him moving forward. Um in terms of others, I think obviously we can't go too far from Kepka and Fowler, who, who played very different uh, rounds of golf. I thought Kepka just always looked in control. He just looked almost robotic at times. Sort of felt like he could, if he really wanted to go up two or three gears, he probably could have done. But uh, he sort of has that laissez-faire or don't doesn't give a crap type attitude. Um, uh, he's looking really good, and obviously with the with the major season coming, he's a he's a big game hunter. All he ever does is win big events. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he pans out of the Masters. He's going to be um, if he's not heavily backed, he should be because I think he's definitely going to compete there. Um, Fowler had an interesting, obviously another good week. He's had a great start to his season, but he just looked really ropey. I've got to say, tee to green on the green, he was unbelievable, just sinking putts from left, right, and centre. His his putting is phenomenal, so um, it's great to see him doing so well. When actually, you really think there is uh, so much more scope for his for his game. I think uh, I think it was the seventh hole, the par three, just like two hundred and thirty yards. He he almost shanked it, and I know he shanked earlier in the week, and he shanked a shot last week too. So he's, he's clearly not striking the ball that well, but he's getting it round, and his short game is is great. So well done to him. Hopefully he uh, he continues putting in some more wins as the season moves on. Um, but I think kind of most of the week should really be talked around kind of sort of the golden oldies coming back to some form. VJ Singh at fifty six years old was immense tee to green. Um, it's hard to really sort of uh, think about VJ Singh. He has a bit of a controversial career. He had a couple of deer antler slash drug issues. Um, not always the most um, affable uh, for the fans, but it was great to see him turning back the clocks. He's actually won. Um, he's third on the money list all time on the PGA Tour and he's won 34 times on the PGA Tour, most of which have come after the age of 40. So just an unbelievable player in tee to green. He was absolutely phenomenal. If he could putt, he would have won that, that tournament at a canter, but bless him, he still struggles on the uh, on the greens. But still, uh, top five finish, which was the first time I think in four years he's had a top ten. So uh, well done to him, and I think he'll probably go back to the Champions Tour over the next couple of weeks, um, and I'm sure he'll uh, he'll do well there. And then, as I kind of mentioned earlier on, just good weeks for Lucas Glover and Ryan Palmer, both of whom seem to be coming back into some decent form. Um, I know the Honda Classic's not always been kind to Ryan Palmer. I think in the last 10 years, there was a stat that came up on the on the broadcast that said he is the most over par for the bear trap. I think it was 41 over. Um, although, in fairness to him, he did birdie a couple uh, on Sunday. So, great round of 63 miles, better than anyone else in the field. I think four strokes better than anybody else in the field. So, well done to him. And, as I said, Lucas Glover returning to some good form this year. It's It's been 10 years since he won the US Open in 2009 uh, at Bethpage Black. And uh, Bethpage Black is the scene of this year's US PGA Championship. So, it'd be interesting to see if he can take some decent form into uh, the PGA Championship. Maybe he can add that to his US Open win of 10 years ago. 
Um, in terms of picks, so I had Sergio Garcia last week. He came T ninth, so again, not a bad week. I think it's the second or third week running. I've had uh, a T nine. Um, in terms of the lads who I uh, uh, do picks with or and against, um, another good week for Adam. Adam had another second place with Ricky Fowler, so the second second week in a row for him. Not so good weeks for uh, for Mark or Invisible Golfer, who had Adam Scott who missed the cut, and Simon who. As feared, had a mare with Mackenzie Hughes. There was a reason he was 400 to 1 because he, I think, was almost dead last in the whole field. He was certainly 144th at one point. Um, so, uh, you know, 50 50 on the picks there. I think we've got some, some better picks coming up. In terms of our standings, I've still got four uh, four wins Adam, two, and a visible golfer, and Sai have one each. Um, moving over to the Aman Open. Uh, Aman Open was won by Kurt Kitayama, uh, who seemed to be kind of the last man standing. They, the Aman Open had some challenges with sandstorms and crazy weather on the Friday, which meant, uh, and Saturday to a certain degree, which meant that uh, the second round didn't get finished till late. Uh, on Saturday and so most people only got a few holes in if any on the on the Saturday evening of their third round so most people were playing with the best part of 36 holes on the Sunday so it was a bit of a last man standing battle of the fittest um, as per uh, a couple of weeks ago on the PGA Tour and uh, Kitayama came back from uh, being seven strokes back at one point uh, on Saturday evening uh, to win by one shot uh, ahead of a bunch of guys who uh, who were in second, just one stroke back. Um, Kurt Kitayama's win now means that half of the wins on the European Tour this season have been won by Americans. He's won a couple. Uh, DJ Bryson have also won. David Lipsky's also won. So uh, Americans are dominating uh, the European Tour uh, so far through uh, sort of three three or four months into the season. Um, felt a little bit sorry for poor old Fabrizio Zanotti who was going into the final round in, in good shape but uh, a final round 75 including a four putt on the 16th hole unfortunately put paid to uh, to his plans on, on winning the, the title so uh, good good week for him but just a shame about the finish finishing out there um, I think kind of the other noticeable certainly was noticeable to me was the return to some form of Victor Dubuisson. Uh, enigmatic Frenchman ended up in the, a, a tie for 12th uh, alongside my pick, Jos Lauten. Uh, not a bad defence, T12 uh, in the end. Um, but uh, yeah, good to see Victor Dubuisson coming back. Um, yeah, he was very, very good two, three years ago, just sort of lost, sort of been lost out in the wilderness the last couple of years. So uh, hopefully he can make a bit of return. And in terms of the women's, the LPGA Tour, they had the HSBC Women's World Championship out in Singapore, um, uh, which was won by Sung Hyung Park, who held off Minji Lee by one stroke. Uh, Park shot uh, an unbelievable 64 to, to win the event by one shot. Poor old Minji Lee, that's uh, second place for the second week running, but again, showing some unbelievable form. Um Ario Jutanagan actually went into the final round, who who was the world number one, went into the final round uh, with the lead, with the 54-hole lead, but uh, shot the final round 75, and that dropped her down to T8th, which meant that uh, Park now replaces her as world number one in the women's ranking. So Korea back on top of the world in the women's game. Uh, in terms of just uh, English women, um, Jody Shadoff was the top English lady. She was t- tied for eighth alongside Ario Jutanagan. Um, 
In terms of other news last week, I think kind of the main thing that came out of the Honda Classic was the kind of the rules fiasco again. Um, so there were kind of three different things. There was one you had Ricky taking the Mickey with his dropping the ball from uh, behind him, basically looking like he was going to the toilet um, just to kind of sort of take the Mickey out of the new rule dropping rule. Uh, I suppose a bit of lightheartedness, but and having a pop at the fact he got done for dropping it shoulder height beforehand. One thing, look, the rule change isn't that hard. Um, you know, I know it's a bit ridiculous dropping it from the knee. It's not that hard though, so he shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have forgotten it, and he won't forget it again. But yeah, a bit of lightheartedness never did anyone any harm. Um, and then I think kind of the other big thing that came out of last week is Adam Schenk uh, was penalised for two shots more than twenty four hours after having been seen on TV with. Uh, so th- the scenario was this. Adam Schenk was in a greenside bunker. His caddy didn't go in the bunker, but he was sort of kneeling behind him as he was looking at how he was going to play his bunker shot. And they were kind of discussing the strategy about how to play the bunker shot. The caddy then moved away and Adam Schenk then hit his shot. So he was deemed to have lined his player up from hitting a bunker shot, which to me is mental. Um, I can understand it on the green from a putting point of view, but from from a bunker shot, I just I just don't get it. Um, you know, the guys talk about aiming at towers or aiming at trees in the distance for drawing balls into pins. You know, don't go for that pin because it's too far on the left hand side. We want to be aiming at that at that tower. Um, this falls into that category. So for him to be penalised two shots was ridiculous. Um, he ended up finishing a tie for thirtieth, but without that penalty, he would have come tied sixteenth, which is significant money. And come the end of the season, hopefully that doesn't hit him in his wallet in terms of the top twenty one two five on the FedEx Cup um, and keeping his tour card for next season. So I did feel a bit sorry for him. JT um, Justin Thomas jumped on it uh, on social media afterwards, chirping back at uh, at the USGA for its lack of communication and poor guidance on on terms of the new rules etc and the usga in fairness stood up for themselves and said well come on let's have a chat let's meet you seem not to be coming you know meeting with us when we arrange meetings so you know the onus is on you it's it's interesting isn't it because i don't think it really affects us in the amateur game but clearly in the professional game there's still some uh, issues to iron out um, i really don't think it's much of a muchness i do think the adam shank penalty was ridiculous i don't think that should happen i think it should be on the greens and the greens alone i think everywhere else is absolutely fine i think kind of what's more important is let's just make sure the pace of play is up there and not everybody's taking forever over their shots um i think that's kind of more of an issue as opposed to kind of the lining up thing um uh, but that's just my kind of two penny worth on it um so there you go that's kind of the other news although actually I'll, t- I'll bring it in here i suppose the other news to bring up is tigers pulled out of this week's arnold palmer invitational with a strained neck uh, there's all sorts of conjecture going out there at the minute about kind of well hopefully it, apparently it's not his lower back and he should be back for the players next week hopefully that is the case um there's some conjecture because there's a bit of a kerfuffle going on um out in jupiter florida uh with a bit of a I'm trying to think about it. Human trafficking, prostitution type thing going on in Jupiter, Florida, which is not too far away from where Tiger lives. So uh, a lot of people on the internet have been putting two to two, two plus two and making five with regards to, oh, is there anything in it that, you know, we've got this thing going on in Jupiter, Florida, Tiger lives in Jupiter, is he involved in it or not? And is the strain neck just a kind of a way to get out the spotlight? 
Who knows? Hopefully it is just a strained neck. He's back next week and we can forget it all and he's uh, kicking on because he's he's had a good start to his season and we don't want injury to derail him because he's been uh, he's been so positive um since uh, since coming back last year um so that brings us neatly on to the Arnold Palmer invitational this week um so uh, good strong field uh, you got Rory Justin Rose uh, Justin Rose back from Kind of what seems like quite a long absence. He's only he's really played for four weeks now. Um, Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Bryson's playing again this week. Mark Leishman, uh, Hideki Matsuyama, Fleetwood, Molinari, Reed, and Mickelson kind of are the biggest names uh, playing this week. It's one of obviously the iconic PGA Tour events of the season. Uh, Arnold Arnold Palmer obviously has put a lot of his time and effort over the years and since his passing it was quite an important win for Rory last year he was quite emotional from winning it um, and it's an event I know that all the pros really enjoy getting out to uh, Tiger has it's a shame Tiger's not here because he's absolutely dominated this event having won it eight times um, so it's a shame he's not going to be there to uh, to try again and, and really it was this tournament last year that we saw uh, Tiger coming into form we, he finished tied fifth um, some way back from Rory but he, he did contend until uh, driving it out of bounds I think on the 16th I want to say um, but still it was the scene of his sort of him coming back and actually what could be so shame he's not here this week um, in terms of the course itself apparently the rough has been allowed to grow to be quite thick so up to three and a half inches so again putting a premium on uh, uh, accuracy off the tee um, and apparently the greens are running at 13 and a half on the stint meter which, stint meter, which is a, apparently as fast as it'll ever get on the PGA Tour so look for some fast greens and some penal rough if you're a bit too uh, a bit too wayward um, the weather again this week should be a lot better, should be a bit warmer, uh, no rain. Uh, so again, kind of they're expecting weather in, into the 80s, so kind of a bit more as we should expect or as is expected on the PGA Tour. Um, Rory leads the betting at 13-2, to followed by Rose at 10-1, to and then Kepka and Fowler at 11 and 12-1 to respectively. In terms of picks, for me, I am going with Justin Rose. Justin Rose is phenomenal. For me, the most underrated high-performing golfer that's out there. He and Brooks just seem to be under the radar, although Kepka um, talking and being a bit more um, interactive uh, with the press and, and saying a few more controversial things, or speaking his mind, I suppose, a little bit more over recent weeks has, has elevated him. But but Rose and Kepka have been kind of under the radar, really, uh, for the last uh, 12 12, 18 months, uh, considering how good and how good they are as players and how well they've been playing. Um, Justin's got a good background, a pedigree here. Third last year in the event when Rory won. He's had seven top 15 finishes. And in terms of his current form, whilst he's not played for a few weeks, he's had two wins in his last five starts. So uh, 10 to 1, low odds. I just like him to do well. Um, I don't expect the rest. I don't expect him to come out rusty. He never seems to. Uh, so I expect him to uh, to do well this week. 
in terms of the other guys um, and who they're picking. So I'll start with Adam because he's the he's on the hot streak at the minute. He's gone with Tommy Fleetwood at thirty three to one. Uh, Mark Invisible Golfer's gone for Brooks, um, sensible pick, eleven to one. Man in form and Simon Byford has gone with Bryson. Uh, 16 to 1. Hopefully Bryson is a little kinder to the practice greens this week. Um, in terms of t- uh, outsiders, I'm going to give you two rider cuppers to keep an eye out for this week. Uh, one American, one English, or European I should say. I've given it away there. But uh, Patrick Reed at 35 to 1. He was tied for 7th here last year. Uh, a good week at the WGC a couple of weeks ago he was in top 15 I think he was 14th if I remember rightly he's had a couple of top 20s never really not really challenged for a title as yet but just I'm looking for him to hit a bit of form in the run up to the Masters so Patrick Reed at 35 to 1 not bad odds and the other guy is Ian Poulter at 50 to 1 who is on an absolute heater his last four starts have been Tied for sixth, tied for third, tied for sixth, tied for third. Um, he's also got five top 25s at Bay Hill, so he likes likes the place as well. Um, so yeah, Ian Poulter and Patrick Reed at 35 and 50 to 1. I expect them to have good weeks this week as well. Um, over on the European Tour, we have the Qatar Masters. Um, last year's Qatar Masters was won by Eddie Pepperell. Uh, he held off Ollie Fisher by a shot. He's not going to be defending his title this year because he's out uh, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. In fact, I looked at his odds earlier on. I think he's 175 to 1 to win the Arnold Palmer. I think he'd be significantly less if he was uh, over defending his uh, Qatar Masters. Um, uh, the Qatar Masters, although an event in Qatar, has been on the European Tour for 21 years now. So um, it's always been quite a high profile event over the years, less so over the last couple of years, just given where it falls in the calendar we've had previous winners being you know adam scott ernie ells brandon grace sergio garcia henrik stenson um and then more recently you've had wang chris wood and eddie pepperell so um the field this week is not that strong uh is probably the fairest thing i can say with most people out in uh, in florida or taking a week off in the run-up to the players next week or the uh Anyone who's kind of in the top 50, top 60 will be out in the US or preparing for the players. So Thomas Peters leads the way from a gambling point of view at 10 to 1. There's a bit of a jump back to Jordan Smith at 18 to 1 and Tom Lewis at 20 to 1. Um, in terms of my winner, I'm going to go with Tom Lewis at 20 to 1. Uh, uh, again, he's just been, I picked him a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's just playing so well over the last six months and he's playing well in the desert he's had three top tens in the four desert events over the last three months Um, so there's no reason why he won't have another good week this week at 20 to 1 I think that's just good odds Um, and in terms of an outsider I'm going to give you again it's uh, this is someone who I've had my eye on a little bit over the last 12 months he uh, a young Frenchman called Romain Longasque um, he's at 50 to 1. Roma has a uh, huge, huge amount of potential. Fell out of form sort of 18, 24 months ago. Slowly made his way back up on the Challenge Tour. Had a really strong kind of, let's call it autumn, winter season on the European Tour. Doing very well in some of the first events and uh, having a string of top 10 finishes. Um, and he just seems to be playing more and more consistent golf. I also 
know of him through uh, the uh, the interview I did with uh, with Cedric from Spider Golf a few weeks uh, a few weeks back. So he's someone I keep an eye out. Uh, I know he's playing this week. Qatar seems to be quite nice for French French guys. Seem to do pretty well in Qatar for whatever reasons. Just looking over the uh, over the history of the event in the last couple of years, at fifty to one, I quite fancy him uh, as somebody to have a good week this week. I did also think about going Kurt Kitayama again, who's also strangely at 50 to 1 bearing in mind he's already won twice on the European Tour I think they're pretty long odds for him although I suppose reflects how challenging it is to uh, to win two weeks running uh, no matter what tour you're on so that's it that's all we've got this week there's no LPGA Tour event they've got a couple of weeks off now um, but a really good week the Arnold Palmer Invitational it's a great event um, always uh, produces some good golf Um I really fancy Justin Rose this week, as I've said. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how he pans out, having had a little rest. And then over in uh, on the European Tour, Qatar Masters. Look out for Tom Lewis. I think he'll do well here. So as I mentioned at the beginning, hopefully some more interview podcasts will be forthcoming in the next uh, week or so. I'll keep you posted on that. As always, you can support me by subscribing to the podcast, whether that's on SoundCloud or on iTunes. And you can find me at The Spike Bar on Twitter as well if you want to get in touch. Uh, that's it for now. Enjoy your week. Cheers. <laughs>